Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by a special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Okay. Take you on a little trip to Germany. In a minute. There we go. Oh, actually, well, we'll test audio with this little thing right here. See, so glad that we tested the audio. There it is right there. Where are we running around, running around? We're still testing. Uh, still testing. This is a, an app that you can get. It's, a, it's called Soul Time. It's a meditation app. And um, it's really good. It has experts like Danny Silk on it. And uh, award-winning music and stuff, and it's really good. It's uh, it's worth your time, and so soothing. There's like crickets and stuff going right now, and uh, it has this uh, this whole uh, soul care part of it, where you can kind of you know you can check in with yourself, and you can journal, and you got little things you can say, and and uh, yeah, it's all. It's all there. So, it was working earlier. We did test it. We tested it, and it worked. So, I know. It's in sich. You ready to go, buddy? All right. I'll, I'll pop it over. There we go. All right. Well, this is the soul time app. Anxiety, stress, and insomnia affect us and the people we love more and more. Meditation apps inspired by Eastern religions have become really popular. But how can I meditate the Christian way? Soul Time's Christian meditation app is designed for you to help you find better connection. Better connection with God, better connection with others, and better connection with your own heart. It features meditations from experts like Danny Silk, with new ones every month, music from award-winning Christian artists like Martin Smith, and our innovative checkup to help you understand yourself better, and allow our algorithm to tailor a course of meditations just for you. You can keep on track with daily reminders, and note your progress with your own in-app journal. Whatever you need help with, Soul Time is your personal Christian meditation coach. To get started, download our free app today. There you go. All right. It, does it feel like deja vu all over again? Yeah. Uh, here, here's the thing I want you to just get out of this, and that is the downloading the app is free. And then after that, it costs you. Okay, so please don't email me and say, I said it was free. It was the download was free. All the other stuff is various prices of you want to get in on. But it's really cool. I get tons of uh, great feedback about it. There are just dozens and dozens of people on that thing doing really good work. Soothing, you know, a lot of them are British, though, so they sound really smart, (laughs) you know. And so it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to feel like, you know, somebody smart is soothing you. You know, it is, it is, it's pretty cool. All right, so 
let's leave England and let's go to Germany just to have a little fun at a waterbed factory. In sich oder besser unter sich. Das Bett ist gemacht. Jetzt mal sehen, wer sich hier mit Schwung in die Falle haut. Da kommen sie schon, die ersten Matratzentester. Oh, please, take all your sharp objects out and your electronics. talk to you about forgiveness. 
all of us have had things happen to us that were shocking, that were just out of the blue. Like, I did not see that coming. And this is part of what is so traumatic about other people's behavior, about other people's choices, about how another person's life affects yours, is that independent of all the work that you have done to create a great life, other people can introduce things that shockingly disrupt you. And that shock, that, that stun, is a spirit, is a, a spiritual shockwave that goes through your being. And it forces you to choose. It hits you with a sense of, of loss and then grief. Things are different after that happened. You had a life that didn't have that in it. You don't have that life anymore. Now you have this in your life. And it is stunning. And often it's humiliating. And it feels powerless. And it leaves a mark. And it's in that place of spiritual offense that we make a choice. We make a, we make a, a life-giving choice or we give a place to the devil. No one is exempt from these experiences. There's a passage in Matthew 18 where Jesus is telling a, par- a parable. He's, you know, he's telling a, 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 he's describing a scenario. He says, there's a, there's a man who is in debtor's prison, and he owes an impossible amount to ever repay. So let's say he owes a billion dollars. He's in prison. He owes a billion dollars. He cannot get out of prison until he repays it, which is you know, kind of the strange thing about debtor's prison, you know, like... You owe a lot of money. We're going to throw you in prison until you pay it back. Like, yay, I, what? (laughs) He's in a debtor's prison. 
can never get out of that condition. And one day the king calls him out and says, I'm releasing you from your debt. This amount that you could never repay has been forgiven you. You're free to go. The man's like, seriously? I can just go? I'm not on a payment plan? I just get to go? You're out. What? Wow. He's like, this is amazing. So he goes to town, and he sees a guy who owes him 20 bucks. He says, hey, you. You, yeah, you. Come here. You got my 20 bucks. You thought I wasn't getting out, didn't you? Ha, I'm out. I'm out, and I'm here. And I'm looking at you, and you owe me 20 bucks. Pay up. I don't have it. I don't have it. And so he grabs the guy, and he starts choking him. Now, all these people know he was forgiven an an unforgivable debt. And they're all watching him. What are you doing? What are you doing? And one of the servants gets back to the king and says, Your Highness, that guy, that guy that you let go, he's downtown choking a guy out for 20 bucks. And everybody sees it. And the king says, Go get him. Brings him back. And the king says, Seriously? Seriously? I forgave you a billion dollars. And you're choking a guy out for 20. In front of everybody. Back you go. And then Jesus, not Peter, not Paul, Jesus says, and so my Father in heaven will do to each one of you if you don't forgive your brother from your heart. Seems like a big deal. Because it is. Because it is a huge deal. You will be turned over to the tormentors if you give the devil a foothold through unforgiveness. Not, it could happen if you hang on too long. Not, it might happen if you redefine bitterness. <laughs> Not, it's possible if you wait until you feel like it. 
I don't really forgive until I feel it. I want to be authentic. <laughs> no, this is the consequence of hanging on to unforgiveness, considering that you've been forgiven an unforgivable debt. That's what it's based on. It's not based on how you feel. I just don't really feel like, I don't feel like I forgive. I have to forgive him every day. I just think, I was working it out because I just have to remind him. That was a big deal that happened to me. That was a big deal that happened to me. I don't think you understand what happened to me. That was a big deal. Yeah. Well, pretty much 100% of the people who get stunned by someone's offense is a big deal. I know we like to feel unique. You know, like, well, mine was a bigger deal. Mine, mine was gooder. My offense, my offense was gooder than yours. Probably not. You know, that thing that happened to them, that's the biggest deal that's ever happened to them. That's the biggest thing they've ever had to deal with, that thing that happened to them. They're not really measuring what happened. We're usually measuring the effect of what happened on whoever. Some people had just horrible lives in, in, in tragic, horrible ways. And what happened to them, you've never had anything close to that happen to you. But you went through a divorce. That's the most horrible thing that ever happened to you. And that was horrible. And this person grew up in Bosnia during the, the war. The same thing is required from both of you. Because the consequences of unforgiveness are the same for both of you. It's, it's spirit. Unforgiveness is a spirit. And it would love nothing more than an opportunity to torment you through your own choices. With your own permission. I don't hear anybody going, hum, hum, hum. There's a story in the Bible about one of David's sons, Absalom. Absalom is, uh, he's, he's a pretty guy. You know, you just look at him and you go, wow, he looks like Krisky Lala. He's a pretty guy. Look at that hair. Whew. And he has a, a sister named Tamar and a brother named Amnon. And Amnon falls in love with his sister, seduces her, rapes her, ruins her life. And Absalom is just incensed over this injustice. And he's looking to his father to handle this corruption in the family. And David 
knowing about what this son has done to his daughter. Doesn't handle it the way Absalom thinks he should. And so Absalom decides to handle it for him. And Absalom kills his brother. Absalom, the way Absalom handles the offense is murder. Do you know what Jesus said was like murder? Calling somebody stupid. Raka, if you say in your heart, empty-headed fool, it's like murder. Even if you type it. You know when the when the Romans said, "Hey, we're going to let some, we're going to let Barabbas or Jesus loose." Who do you want? They said, "The spirit of murder. That's who we want. Let his murder be upon our children's children. We'd rather have a murderous spirit released on our world than justice." Wow. Absalom decides that he is a better judge than his father. And he knows what justice is. And so he executes justice. He's torn from the land. He's exiled. And David is grieved. It's like that Luke 15 story. Superstar father. And he longs for his son's return. So through a series of events, he comes back. He bows before his father, and his father forgives him. And now Absalom's running around. Well, no, he's not running around. Fifty men in front of his chariot are running around announcing his restoration to prince. My father's forgiven me. Everyone knows for what. I was forgiven an unforgivable debt. I've now been restored. I'm prancing around my father's kingdom like a son, but I have an orphaned heart. Because for 40 years after that event, Absalom does not forgive his father. And in those 40 years, his judgment, 
his orphaned heart against his father begins to posture him in ways that is anti-kingdom. It is anti-my father's kingdom. For starters, he sets himself up at the gates of the city. And when people come seeking justice, he says to them, oh, you won't get justice from the king. But if I were the king, if I were the rule maker, if I were the rule maker, you would get justice from me because I know how to do this better than my father does. Because it's all about how many people you get on your side. Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you my injustice. Let me tell you what happened to me. Let me, ha let me share how unjustly I was treated. We were treated. For how long? Let me tell you. Let me show you this tragedy. Because he who has the most people is right. And then he sets himself up as king. And now he divides his father's kingdom. See, this is the promise of unforgiveness. Is that you will become treasonous in the kingdom. You will divide the kingdom of heaven in accusation against your own father when you hold on to injustice. When you hold on to offense, when you don't forgive a brother, a sister, from your heart. It, it's not an option. It's an instruction. You obey or disobey, that's your choice. Because when you hold on to an offense, you become the judge. Forgiveness requires that you die. Forgiveness requires a sacrifice of death. It's the only way it works. It doesn't work with the, well, if I feel like it, if I get the feeling of forgiveness, I'll offer it. Forgiveness is not a feeling offering. Forgiveness is a death offering. Throughout the Old Covenant, we see 
animal sacrifice. The way we get into the new covenant is through the death of Jesus. That's the standard. That's how we stay faithful. When I offer forgiveness in obedience, I'm saying that I trust this case. I trust my case for another to judge. I mean, we literally do that on the earth. When you go to court, you are basically saying, I trust the judge for justice. And that's, these are unjust judges that we, that we hope. We put our hope in unjust judges. And in this case, as members of the body in the kingdom of heaven, we say, here's my case. I die to the role of judge. I am not the judge. And I forgive. And I release you from my judgments and my punishments. The evidence of forgiveness, my repentance, the evidence of my repentance in that moment. I'm changing the way I see this. I'm changing my paradigm and I'm lining it up with the kingdom. My repentance leads me to being willing for reconciliation, restoration. Now there's boundaries and all this stuff, and that's a whole nother lesson. It's a whole nother lesson. But my heart, my heart is, I turn my love on. I turn my love on. And therefore, there is no desire to judge or punish me. There is no foothold of fear and anxiety. And there is hope of reconciliation. To what level? That changes. Um, there's another story in the Bible. There's two. Joseph, we all know the story of Joseph. He gets trashed by his brothers. You know, they literally leave him for dead. They tell his dad, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Wild animals killed him. This is all that's left of him. Here you go. Weep. Jacob, weep. And Joseph, through a series of miraculous 
interventions, ends up second only to Pharaoh. Has saved Egypt from their demise through good stewardship that came through supernatural dreams and instructions, and now there are a group of guys bowed at Joseph's feet, just like one of his other dreams. And Joseph recognizes them. They do not recognize Joseph. He's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is my bros. They're bowing at my feet. The dream is coming true. Oh my gosh, this is happening. They tried to kill me. They hate me so bad, they tried to kill me. He has to kind of ditch away for a minute to wipe the tears out of his face. And then he does something amazing. He clears the palace. Says, everybody, out of here. Everybody get out of here. Guards, Secret Service, reporters, best friends, out of here. Before he says, I'm Joseph. I'm the guy you tried to kill. I have the power to eat you. <laughs> Alive. I'm your brother. I'm Joseph. And they can't believe it. They're like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> and he says, really? Really, it's me. It's really, it's me. He gets down there. He gets next to him. It's me. Touch my face. It's me. It's, it's you. Oh, my gosh. Is my dad alive? How are you guys? Oh, my gosh. And with the power that he has to bless them, he blesses them. He loads them up with supply. He sends them back to the Father. He forgave them. He forgave them. Joseph forgave them. And Joseph had the perspective of God that comes through the serpent. And 
Joseph forgave his brothers. Do you know why? Because early in the story, the Bible says, and Jacob, his father, loved him. He experienced the love of a father. And he would do nothing to damage the family. The love of the Father leads you to protect the family. The judgment of the Father or the judgment of your Father or the judgment of fathers leads us to be orphans. It, it introduces room for the Absalom spirit to come in and misrepresent the Father. To be fueled by self-preservation. I'm fueled by fear. My behavior, the fruit of my life, will be the fruit of the destroyer. This is, this is the expense of unforgiveness. It, it's not, it's not a, you know, it's, it, some, some people think, you know what, this rattlesnake will never bite me because I feed it. So we, we take an inventory, really, at this point. We say, all right, well, who do I need to forgive? I don't know how many of you have ever had a sozo. Anybody have a sozo? Yeah. Anybody ever do a sozo with other people? Yeah. About, oh, I don't know how, what the percentage is, maybe 100%. About 100% of sozos have, I forgive, fill in the blank. Because that unforgiveness has created a route in my heart for destructive life patterns. The tormentors are authorized in my life through unforgiveness. It, it's, 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 it's foretold, it's exemplified, and it's followed up with consequences. And we look at our lives and we go, I wonder what's going on here. I wonder why this keeps repeating itself. I wonder why this part of my life stays tormented.
I wonder why I fight so hard to stay the rule maker in this part of my life. Because when you hear yourself justify yourself, you think to yourself, that's stupid. I know better. And I'm doing it anyway. We forgive those who sin against us. We forgive those who failed. And their failure left a mark. Their failure created loss. Their failure stole something, killed something, destroyed something in our lives. The enemy came in like a flood through the decisions and behaviors of somebody else. And the Bible says, if anyone asks you to forgive them. Forgive them. Some people say, please forgive me. And we say, okay. As soon as I feel it. As soon as I feel like you deserve it. I'll forgive you when you show signs of perfection. <laughs> you guys understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. you all, all got that look on your face like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> He's still talking. He's still talking. He's not going to stop. He's still talking. <laughs> This is this is one of the chief one of the chief offenders in your life is you. You are so hard to get away from you. It's so hard for you to sneak around you and do stuff that you don't find out about. And you are consistent <laughs> and predictable. But you have been given an unforgivable debt. Love you. Love you. See, because when you punish you for your sins, that is self-righteousness. See, that's what Judas attempted. 
Suicide was the ultimate attempt to pay for his crimes. There's no way I could be forgiven. There's no way I could find peace. Though the enemy has come in like a flood, there's no way the Lord can raise up a standard against him. There's no way I'm letting go of this case to a judge to decide. There's no way. I stay the judge of me. I deserve to be punished because the blood of Jesus does not apply to this sin. My blood covers this sin. That's self-righteousness. And then for some reason, there's another guy that gets a lot of hassle. Because he did not do what I thought he should do. And if I were high and lifted up, this is how I would have decided. Why does God allow that? If I were God, I would not allow that. If I had the power to change anything, I would change that. I am Lord of Facebook. <laughs> when people ask me hard questions about God, I would have an answer. Because I am God. God should have protected, fill in the blank, from that happening. My daughter, me, our family, my finances, my marriage. God should have protected, and he didn't. I'll be the judge of you from now on. <laughs> These are just some areas to look around. Okay? Because who knows? Maybe something's hiding there. But for us to move through the rest of the day, we gotta, we got to clean this out. Because we're talking about our relationship with Father. And he says, if you don't forgive, you're going to cause trouble in my kingdom.
So, so if we're gonna if we're gonna follow Father, step one is give away what you've been given. Freely we have received. Freely we give. And it starts with forgiveness of others. It's 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 the the new covenant is a covenant of forgiveness. It's unlike any of the other covenants in the Bible. All the other covenants had other practices and, and opportunities. None of them had the opportunity of forgiveness. And this covenant is based in forgiveness. Jesus is hanging on a cross after being unjustly tortured to death. And he says, the foundation of the new covenant. Forgiveness. All right, so we just have a few minutes before we wrap up. I just want you to just stay where you are. Just sit there. Um, maybe just open your hands like you're letting go of something, or someone can put something in your hands. Just kind of assume the position. Holy Spirit, please come and just guide us in truth. Open the eyes of our hearts and let us see if there be any, any place where we've left a door open through unforgiveness, where we've held judgments, resentments, desires of revenge or suffering for someone else where we've played the role of judge where we've not trusted you with a matter in our lives where we've become the rule maker any place where we need to forgive. Now faces and names are coming up. So I'm just going to lead you through a prayer and I'd just like to invite everyone to repeat after me. And, and we'll get to a spot where I'll just say, say the name, and you just put the name on your lips. You don't have to shout it, especially if the person's sitting next to you. <laughs> but just put the words, put the name on your lips so that you experience yourself saying it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you.
with a desire to obey you, to honor you, to protect your family. So now, Lord, I forgive and say their name. Thank you, Jesus, for power of forgiveness. And I release them from my judgments and my punishments. And I pray you bless them. And you give them peace and salvation and joy. Even as you've given to me. Father, be glorified. In my whole heart, in all my attitudes, towards the people around me, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.